0: Welcome to Breaking Down the Word. This is a podcast where we explore the Word of God. It is paramount in that all we do, we get an understanding. The Bible implores us to study to show ourselves that we may be a workman who need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. And in order to rightly divide, you got to first break it down. Someone, is someone, earth is, earth is welcome welcome everybody to breaking down the word i am tj um this is episode number two episode number two um If you missed the first episode, you could check it out on Anchor at Breaking Down the Word. Also on YouTube, the channel is called Today's Fight. If you're checking me out by YouTube, a link will be in the description. If you would like to get in contact with me, um, it is todaysfight at gmail.com, T-O-D-A-Y-S. Fight uh, at gmail.com. If you'd like to support Breaking Down the Word podcast, then you can, it will be a link in the description on YouTube. You also can hit me, Um, what we got here, cash me at today's fight, PayPal today's fight. And that's it. So this episode here, we're going to be hopefully finishing up on chapter one, part one, I mean, part two of the book of John. And we left off on verse 16 all right so we're going to pray in and get going father god i pray the hearts of mine are clear abide any type of distractions other may try to interfere cause hindrance in the word being delivered and finding good ground i pray that it bring forth a harvest a thousand fold and understanding and revelation in jesus name amen all right um i am excited here let's get going Move this out the way. And we're going to get in here. Like I said, we left off at verse 16. I'm going to just go back just a you know, a few few lines back here. So, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is verse 14. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Now, John bear witness of him and cried, saying, this is. This was he of whom I spake. He that come, cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And this is what we left off. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace, right? So grace in exchange for grace. Now, the Old Testament can seem a bit harsh uh, to, to some but it was a point it was a purpose right prior to the law being given man didn't understand where he where he was in error so this will make the law it says grace for grace so grace in exchange for grace and we're talking about the two covenants all right so the old testament man didn't really god said he sent he sent the law as a tutor to teach man where he erred the law showed you where you were wrong but it couldn't make you right. So therefore there was a lot of condemnation in them days like man because you had so many laws to keep there was all there was continually telling you where you were wrong in your error it produced condemnation and the bible says they said the law brought forth condemnation. Now you will say where's the grace in that if it produced condemnation the grace is that he didn't have to show us where we erred. It's just like if you went for a job interview and you didn't get the job, and you know, you just walked out like wondering, like, man, why I didn't get the job? I feel like I was sharp. But it would be grace if I showed you where you air and I said, This is why you didn't get the job. Your tie was crooked. Um or whatever. Hope y'all with me. All right. So the first, the law, was grace, and the law was holy and good. But it could not make you holy because it produced condemnation. Because if I continue to continually tell you where you where you're wrong and where you're missing it, then you're going to be, you know, with anything, you'd be sad. Like, you know, we all want to feel good and, you know, and hear things that uh, are encouraging and feel good. But if you keep telling me and pointing out my faults, it's going to cause me to feel shame. But there was grace in that because he didn't have to sin. His law, he didn't have to show us where we were erring, error, erroring, (laughs) or where we were in error. Okay, he didn't have to do that. That was grace. And even amongst that, there was a way, right? He set ways, right, through that you can, um, even though they fell short of keeping the law, he set ways where they can be cleansed and still communicate with God and even in a part of that law we know when the law was given at that time God was actually not physically in a body yet right that came with Jesus but he did dwell with them and he dwelt with them in tents and he 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 came down to dwell with them to kind of you know let me see what's going on Um, so there's grace in that so grace for grace grace in exchange for grace all right so the second grace was when jesus came the bible says here okay so let's say of his fullness have we all received grace for grace so of his fullness his completion of fulfilling the law because he fulfilled it we receive grace in exchange for grace we received a he ushered in a new covenant Right, so he ushered in a new covenant. So now, the New Testament was a better grace. It's a better covenant. We didn't have to sacrifice animals and do all the rituals and keep all the law. All we had to do he, was fulfill two. He said, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Love thy, love God with all your heart. Right? Those are the two. He said, within those two, you fulfill all of the law. He made it easier. Also, what made it a better grace was was that he came down to experience and instruct us in the same uh, uh, bodies that we have. You know, he came down to get an earthly experience to instruct us. That's even, that's what make it a better grace, right? At first, you sent people to represent you. And at that time, you know, they killed them, murdered them, martyred them. Uh, didn't receive from him, he could have left it alone there. He extended enough grace by, show, by showing us what we are. But then he decided to come, and said, "You know what? I'm gonna come down, get in a body, and instruct them. And surely they will receive me." But we know from previous scriptures and in the first video that the Bible said he came to his own, but they received him not. He created the world, but the world knew him not. Okay, so you know, all right, so verse 16, and of his fullness, we all uh, have we all received grace for grace. So, we're just talking about the exchange of the covenants coming from one grace through the, uh, being a law to this better grace being the gospel. I guess I got what, what kind of example I had. I had an example, it's kind of like you know, so this is how, like I said, the whole purpose is to show how, like, this is how I look at the word and how, like I said, I break it down when I'm reading. So, I look at it like someone giving you a car you didn't deserve but you needed it right and the one who sent the car to you sent a person to represent him to show you how the car worked and to explain how you know all the knickknacks and things of that nature so we know that you know some people gonna receive it like oh i appreciate it you got some something, some something like, ah, too small i don't like the color um so I'm gonna reject it. I mean, all you know, just, just how um that's just how people are. But he's you know, and those things happen, right? When the law came, I mean, all manners of evil was done to the prophets that came representing God. Now imagine, right? That's grace, though. I gave you something you didn't need. I sent you a car, I sent people to show you how to utilize this vehicle, but you rejected them, right? That's grace in itself. But then I said, you know what? I'm gonna come down there myself. Surely they'll receive me, the one who gave them the vehicle, right? It's another, you know, so grace for grace. It's kind of like the first one was grace and was and was enough grace. But an even better grace when a creator or the one who sent the people came, like, you know what, I'm going to grace them with my presence. And, you know, that is a better a better grace. All right, so let's see here what do I got. Like I said, so... All right, yeah, so what I was going to say was, so now God can say, ultimately, I can wash my hands. He could have said, I can wash my hands knowing I gave you what you needed, despite you not deserving it. Now, imagine if I did all that, and despite the ridicule, rejection, lack of gratitude, those not following the instructions, and I personally came to your house and showed you how to utilize all the options that came with the vehicle, some options that you didn't even know or understand how to utilize or work it. If I came to show you how to work what you didn't understand and also reveal to you how to work the additional hidden extra features, bonus options, they were always available to you in a part of the package, which was in the vehicle. So in that, I'm saying, or God, in that, I'm saying, Based off scripture, we have to understand when we look at the miracles that Jesus performed, uh, a lot of times uh, most people don't understand that he wasn't walking in the new covenant. He was walking in the law as a prophet of the law. So the miracles he did under the law was already there, right? It was already there because that's how he was moving. And it was, there were people in the, in the past that I want to say that were able to experience, uh, parts of this, uh, power, parts of this power that was in the old Testament, but it was hidden. They didn't understand how to extract it. So God had to come and show us how how we could operate and walk under the law. He was showing us the power that was under the law. But once Jesus came and showed us that, died, resurrected, it enabled us through the Holy Spirit to really grasp it. So it took the Holy Spirit to come, right? He said, it's to your advantage that I leave so that, the Comforter may come, so that Holy Spirit that teaches us all things, that's what enabled us to grasp grasp the understanding how to utilize these abilities and these greater works that He said we will do. All right, verse seventeen for the law, right? So this this next line is in reference to what the, the uh, verse sixteen, right? So let's go back. So sixteen said, and of His fullness have we all received grace. For grace, or in exchange for grace, for the law was given. So it's letting you know what he's talking about um, with the grace for grace, right? What John is talking about. So, he, uh, grace in exchange for grace, for the law was given by Moses grace and truth came by jesus christ now if you're reading this with me you see it says for the law was given by moses but grace and truth came by jesus christ now just just a little note whenever you're reading the bible and you see a word is italicized they put in it they put it in there so that to give you a better understanding um or to make the the sentence make sense right but it really says for the law was given by moses Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth was in the law. See, but when you put but there, it make you think that there wasn't any grace and truth in the law. But there was grace and truth in the law because Jesus walked in that grace and truth under the law. The New Testament didn't come till he was resurrected. So everything he did prior to resurrection was under the law. So it was power under the law. Grace under the law. Truth under the, under, uh, under, under the law. All right, so for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. All right, so grace and truth realized through Jesus Christ. Uh, Grace should always accompany the word, right, in our personal lives. Like when we speak a word and we believe certain things, uh, grace can always accompany that word. All right, so verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared him. Jesus is with God. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? (laughs) It's funny to me, right? It's like when you're out there working and you're doing good. That's just, we have to understand it. The Bible says, Blessed is a man, blessed is the man who suffer persecution. You're going to, for his name's sake, you're going to suffer persecution, petty, whatever. You know, don't look at it like, why is this happening? But understand that the glory of God rests upon you and people are things are going to happen. Your spirit is going to aggravate people. It's just how it is, right? And they lash out. While you walk in peace, they lash out because it's something in the spiritual realm that's making them uncomfortable, right? So, and this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou, right? A man sent will always have haters questioning. Simple and plain. When you're in your walk, it's going to happen. The Bible talks about, um, uh, I can't remember exactly where, but it talks about, he said, I'll make your faces at a minus flint, like hard, right? Not hard in appearance and look, but as far as what you can take. Because these things are going to happen. People are going to question you. People are going to persecute you. People are going to doubt you. They're going to do anything to discourage, uh, especially if they're not a believer and believers also, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but believers also, you know, will try to discourage you, whether they're jealous of where you at position or just seeing peace when you don't have, how, how they say, crabs in a barrel, misery loves company. You still hear that a lot growing, you know. Misery loves company, okay? Um, So, like I said, and this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou, right? A man sent will always have haters questioning. When you sent, those that were not sent will always try to keep an eye on you amongst other things, right? Amongst other things. They're going to hate, right? Okay, so verse 20, and he confessed and denied not, but confessed i am not the christ hey who are you man i'm sitting over here you know john was probably over there minding his business like man you know god you're awesome all this time i was wearing camel camel hair inside out you know that was his attire he lived in caves and uh uh, he wore uh, camel hair inside out, I guess to inflict uh, afflict himself. And he ate uh, locusts and, and things, honey and locusts or wild bee. I mean, he just, like, and the Bible says, you said, uh, John, the, John the Baptist came into the world not eating. You say he has a devil. But the Son of Man comes into the world eating and drinking, and you call him a glutton and a wine bibber. I mean, listen. We're going to always have haters questioning. They're going to always, I mean, it's just how it is, right? All right, so, all right, so where we at? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. So there's being nosy, you know, John like, man, listen, all right, I'm not the Christ. Verse 21, and they asked him, what then? Are thou liars? Like, he already said, I'm not Jesus. The man you're looking for is Jesus, the, the son of God, the one who's doing all this. Like, why are you bothering me? I'm not him, okay? I'm not him. Well, art not you Elias? And he said, verse 21, I am not. They still wasn't done. <laughs> art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou? I mean, just badgering, badgering continually, right? Ultimately, Y'all were spying to really see who is this Christ. So it don't matter what level you're on, whether starting off the head or the foot in the body, persecution is going to happen. Especially when they see power, uh, manifestation, truth, peace. Uh, They're going to come to try to disrupt it. But oftentimes they don't know that it's them. Satan is in, Satan is in an unseen realm, influencing emotions, causing people to react and play out, um, and play out certain things or to cause certain attacks uh, on us, right? Because Jesus said when He died, He said, "Forgive them, for they don't know what they do." They didn't know Satan was behind the scenes. Pulling the strings. The Bible talks about in Romans how we were slaves to sin. Now we're slaves to righteousness. Meaning to be a slave, meaning you're under control. But because we don't understand or see the strings, we don't see how He moves, we think it's us. We think the thought is us because who can put a thought in my mind? He can. That's why you need the helmet of salvation, this word of understanding, so you can discern whether it's God or not. All right. All right. So what I say, verse 20, and he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Verse 21. And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I'm not Elias. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? See, they will try to make you they want to make you feel lesser, also. Look, are you this? Are you that? Or oh, you're not him. You know, like they want to make you feel lesser. They will always try, also, especially when they feel like they're in a greater position than you, to make you subject to them. Like, so we may give account. Oh, Jesus Christ. God bless them. You keep pushing, you keep moving. And, and be strong, understanding that persecution gonna come, because they said unto him who are thou that we may be <laughs> give account, give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? Who are you? What are you doing here? Why are you doing this? If you're not him, then who are you? want to subjugate. Give me an answer so I can go back to the one who sent me to spy and to come back and give an account. Alright, we're going to move on. Alright, so, then said unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us what says thou thyself? Alright, so you know them. Alright, so what I got here? You know them that meant to follow by how hard they try to grasp control, and the tactics they use to remain in control. Right. So these people who came were some sort of leaders. Um, they were sent from Jerusalem. They were some type of leaders. And I, and I just got here. You know them that are meant to follow, not meant to lead. By how hard they try to grasp control and the tactics they use. To remain in control. Who are you? Subjugation. Trying to belittle you. Make you feel like you're nothing. Or where you're not comparing you to other people. God made all of us unique. Wonderful and marvelous. Okay. You are who God created you to be. Apart from our sin. We have sin. God loves the good. He sees the good. All right. Ver. Okay. So. What I got here. So true leaders desire order over control. True leaders desire order over control. All right. So when you're a true leader, the word of God is the order of God. And that's what you move in. I just, listen, I desire for the word for God's will to be done in the earth. And my job Let's just say, if you're a pastor, my job is to, um, deliver you the word of God correctly, rightly, And be an example for you to follow. As I walk and you follow, you see the manifestation and the glory of God and things happening in my life. The Bible says follow after them with the same precious like faith. So the miracles should always follow. Um, Signs and wonders should always follow when you're utilizing the word. But the whole point is to see me moving, see what's on my life, and let that cause you to follow. Not to control you and subjugate you by words, witchcraft, and twisting scripture. Okay? All right? We don't want to do that. A a, a prime example, I remember one day I was riding uh, riding to work, and it was someone who used to use the scripture like, the servant is not above the master. Like, you'll never be greater than me. And while I'm riding in the car, I was like, you know, check that scripture out again. And when I read it again, Jesus said, the servant is not above the master. If they call me bells above their call, they're going to call you. Meaning if they persecute and attack me, they're going to persecute and attack you. He never said you'll never be greater because in John, I believe he said, at the end, he said, greater works shall you do. You're going to do more things. You have more time, a greater understanding now. Okay. Right. But people utilize scripture to 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 keep you subject and control controlled, and to beat you down, so that they can gain influence, and and gain an in gain increase from you because of your lack of understanding, um and or ignorance. That's why it's important to know the word so you can rightly study the Bible. Says study to show yourself approved. That you may be a workman who need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You can't get over on me because I know. Hold on. Something's not right there. Like you're using that word uh, incorrectly. Okay? So you want to study? You want to study to show yourself. All right. Um. Where were you here? So any confess, deny not. Just something I got written down here. Doing it the right way over imposing your will through fear tactics and witchcraft and manipulating people who don't study with the word. That's why it's important to study so you're not ashamed, not ashamed and have an understanding and a grasp of the word and was being put out there and taught. All right. So if you have to fight, I guess, if you have to fight for control, um, it wasn't meant for you and you're out of place, Right. Um, this is to leaders, right? If you got to fight for control, it wasn't meant for you. Everything should flow. And if you don't feel like it's flowing, then maybe you need to take some time to seek God so that, you know, he can show you how uh, where you erred and how to correct the situation instead of twisting, twisting the word. If ties and offer not flowing, you don't beat nobody down telling them they curse with a curse. The Bible said, God loves a gracious giver. He said, give not out of necessity. So if you're beating me down and give, you're causing a necessity or causing a need in me, like an obligation that I need to give. But God said, he who sow sparingly should reap sparingly. He who sow bountifully should reap bountifully. God loves a cheerful giver, but he said, give not grudgingly or out of necessity or obligation. Don't give because you feel you obligated. But some pastors come and make you feel, try to beat you now, or leaders, and make you feel obligated to give. Now you giving grudgingly and out of necessity and not reaping a harvest from it. So now you're mad at God. But because of a lack of understanding, because you didn't study to show yourself, now you feel victim to this trickery and witchcraft. So I hope y'all with me. Like, it's important to know this word. Don't give out of necessity, out of obligation, or grudgingly. For God loves a cheerful giver, right? You should already have set in your heart what you're going to give before you come. You shouldn't go to church and I got to convince you to give. That's what I mean. You're You're fighting for it. Everything should flow. They should already have it set in their mind. If they didn't, God's going to make it. God's going to, the Bible says that if you give, it shall be given until you press down, shaking together. Right? Run shall men give unto your bosom. So if you're a leader and you're giving, then God's going to give into your bosom. But then when you come in and try to control and force things through misappropriating the scripture, now you cancel out what was meant to come to you from God's hands because you're doing it yourself. You're doing it yourself, right? Prime example, when, now we'll move on, um, Saul, right, when Saul was a kid, he lost him and his servant went looking for, I believe, a sheep, a ram, or something like that, and they said, well, let's go to the man of God, Samuel, but before we go, let us go prepare an offering. See, they already had it set in their heart before they got there, right? So he didn't have to manipulate an offering, when, it, when they came, they already had it in their heart. All right, so, not against offering, not against giving, not against tithes and offering. I believe in that. I just don't believe in beating and manipulating uh, people to do anything, so... Have an understanding. Many people go manipulated and and are beat down because they don't have an understanding. And then now they mad at God, mad at the church, and everybody wants to steal from them. No, you should know and have an understanding. You should pick up your word. If you can come to church every Sunday, you can at least pick it up and read and get an understanding of some word. All right. We're gonna move on. And he said, Oh, verse 23. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Elias. All right, so this John, this John replying to him now, like they kind of uh, ticked him off a little bit. Are you Elijah, Uh, Elias? Who are you that we may be? I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight way the path of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. (laughs) And they which were sent were were of the Pharisees. So they was leaders, like I said, they were leaders, right? All right. So, they went right the wints, so I call them the wints, so the ones who who shouldn't be where they at and you can tell by their fruit. The fruit that they manifest as as here, like they are here being nosy. It's foolish to the Bible says it's foolish to meddle in another man's affairs. He out here doing the work of God. And you see what he doing, the fruit of what he doing. He's not doing evil. He baptizing telling people to repent, live a righteous life, right? So I call them the wints. The wints always want to question your authority. They're questioning John' authority. Who are you? So we may give an account, right? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You're nobody great. Then because you're nobody great, then why are you doing it? Why are you out here? Explain to me. Give me an answer, right? They want to attempt to discourage, derail, uh, all to maintain control and power. Um. in uh, mutiny, right? The definition of mutiny is open rebellion against proper authorities. I mean, they didn't understand, like I said, they didn't understand the background of the spiritual realm that uh, what was working, you know, they were just doing uh, what they felt led to do because of their lack of understanding and pride. That's why Jesus called these Pharisees and Sadducees, he called them vipers, Because they were were too prideful. They they thought they were above. They thought they were greater. They thought they were better because they were keeping all the laws. But we know the only one that kept the laws is Jesus Christ. All right, verse 25. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then? If thou not be the Christ, nor Elias, nor a prophet, nor a prophet, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth, one among you whom you not who you know not. Verse 27. He it is who come who uh it is who coming after me is preferred before me. He's greater than me, whose shoes, whose shoe latchets, I am not worthy to unloose. Verse 28. These things were done in Betharba, Beth uh Betharbra, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. How did he know that was the Lamb of God? Uh, God never showed him who he was, right? Uh, the same, you know, it's kind of like what he told Peter. It's like flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. When you're out here doing the work and you're working, it's kind of like you in tune, right? you in tune with what. You're in tune with what God has going on, moving, uh, manifesting. It's like you just lined up where you know, like you know what's going on. You know, he said, I have you not be ignorant. You you know, the Bible says we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things like, but you got to be in line. All right. So like I said, the next day, John see of Jesus, verse 29, coming unto him. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world right spirit identifies spirit flesh cannot identify spirit the bible says the carnal mind is enemy enmity to god it's an opposition it's opposing like your flesh don't want you to recognize who god is why is that because sin was cast into the flesh meaning everything that was created of this world became corrupted during the fall so it's in opposition all right it's an opposition to god all right so flesh that's why he said if you walk in the spirit you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh all right flesh can't perceive the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned. All right. I'm not going to go into the scripture, but it's first Corinthians two 14. It tells you that the flesh can't perceive the things of the spirit. That's how John knew who that was through the spirit because they are spiritually, spiritually discerned. That's uh first Corinthians two and 14 <clears throat> verse 30. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me for he was before me 31 and i knew him not but that he should be made manifest to israel therefore i am come baptizing with water so and i knew him not so he didn't know who he was all he knew that he was sent on assignment to baptize and to prepare the people for the coming of jesus christ he didn't know who he was didn't know what he looked like and i'm if i'm not mistaken he was related um cousins or something like that all right so and so in john bear record saying i saw the spirit all right so hold on verse 31 and i knew him not but that he should be made manifest to israel therefore i am coming baptizing with water and john stood so he came baptizing with water which was a physical representation of the spiritual cleansing um which we'll learn about or i'll talk about more in i think it's um chapter 3. All right, so in John Bear record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven from heaven, like a dove and it bowed upon, uh, abode upon him and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him the same as he was baptized with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So John identified him though he didn't know who he was through the spirit right John was sent to baptize so that was John's assignment uh, he was told that one would come no picture of him didn't know what he looked like right so but he just went he trusted God who you would see the spirit descending and remaining upon instructions so he gave him an assignment he gave him instructions and when and, and when he comes you will decrease Ends your assignment, right? And all of these things is, is spiritually discerned. No one came and told him that. He understood it though, through his spirit, through the whole, uh, through his spirit, because the Holy Spirit didn't come. To him. But through his spirit you know, he understood that, okay, right, so John was sent to baptize, that was his assignment, told the one will come, no picture of him, didn't know what he looked like, who you will see the spirit descending upon and remaining upon, so I want you to go baptize, baptize the people and and, and, and um, call them to repentance, that was, his, that was his instruction, and when he comes, you will decrease in assignment, and we will see that later, where he said, um, I must decrease so uh, God, uh, Jesus can increase. All right, so, um, you know, and along with Jesus, um, uh, you know, Jesus on his end, you know, he was just walking. His steps was ordered to the Jordan, and when he got there, confirmation was there for him. All right, the Spirit descending upon him like a dove, confirmation, John confirming him, you know, letting him know. All right, and verse thirty-four, and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, after John stood, and two of his disciples, 36, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. All right, so John, where we at? So again, the next day, I'm in verse 35, after John stood and two of of his disciples. So John was standing with his disciples. So this was John congregation. This was John, little mini, mini, mini church, right? These were his people. These were his disciples. When they saw Jesus as he walked, he said, verse 36, behold, the lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and left John and followed Jesus. So, we see here it is okay to let people go. John didn't beat them down. John didn't. Uh, John didn't tell them they had a seducing spirit. John didn't call them witches or warlocks. He let them go. There was many members. It's one body, all right. So some disciples go move on, and it's okay. The Bible says we have many teachers, but few fathers. We go from faith to faith. It's levels. Uh, Some some of our some of us or some of I want to say some of us, uh, um, but some people are transportations to the next elevation or the next movement in somebody's life. Don't feel stuck or obligated. Like oh my God. You know, like, I feel God telling me to move, but if I leave, it's like, this is my church. No, it's one body, one church, many members. You know, as long as you in the Lord and you believe God is telling you to move on. Listen, I'm not opposed to talking to your pastor, but, it, but a pastor shouldn't uh, denigrate you and try to make you feel bad because you feel like it's time to move on. Or you feel like God is calling you to move on. If I'm not, I'm not leaving God, I might be just going to another church. That may be the assignment for me. And we're gonna see later on how this lines up. So John had two disciples. They saw Jesus. The oh, they go the Lamb of God. The two disciples left John. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Like I said, the modern church would kill you for moving on. They make you feel like try to make you feel like you're a demon, or they're in rebellion. Like I said, have a seducing spirit, all right? All right, verse 38, watch this. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, what seek ye? All right, they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? Dwellest thou, that's verse 38. Verse 39, he said unto them, come and see, all right? He received them. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was, for it was about the 10th hour. So, verse 40, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Look at that there. That's the first disciple, right, that Jesus recruited. So, Peter's brother was was a part of John's church, was a part of John's crew, was his John's disciple saw Jesus moved on, right? Let's just say, uh, let's just say he didn't go and he stayed with John. Then, this, let me finish read before I get to that. All right, all right. So he said, okay, so, where dwellest thou? He said to, unto them, verse 39, come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him, abode with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Peter's brother. All right, so fulfill a greater purpose by leaving. What I got here: John was the conduit connection to another divine calling. Purpose being, Andrew was Peter's brother. So, if Andrew would have stayed, he would have never went to uh, tell Peter about Jesus. Disci- disciples are to train. Raise up and release, all right. Disciples are to train, raise up and release, all right. All right, so verse 41 He first findeth his own brother Simon. So Andrew went to find Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. We found the Savior and he brought him to Jesus. Look at that. So if he would have never, if he would have stayed with John and if he wouldn't have moved on and was transported. Then he was he would not have been able to, or he wouldn't have got Peter and aligned him or ordered his steps, right? Steps or order. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have aligned him up with meeting Christ, right? All right, so all right, so he brought to him Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou should be called Cephas, which is being which is by interpretation a stone. Verse 43, the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find Philip and said unto him, follow me. All right. So just closing up on that, we see how uh, Andrew was a a disciple of John. When it was time, he moved on, became a disciple of Jesus, which lined his brother, Peter, who would have a great ministry uh, as an apostle. Right. See how that everything lined up. All right, so what I say, verse 43, the day followed, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, find Philip, and said unto him, follow me. All right, now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth uh, find Nathanael and said unto him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prof- prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Joseph, we have found him of whom the Moses in the law and the prophets did write. So the prophets wrote about him. And they said, Moses in the law. So when you read the law, the mo he's he's saying right here clearly that Moses, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the did write about. So Moses even wrote about Jesus. In the law you see Jesus. He's in the shadow. Right, The Old Testament foreshadows the coming of the Christ. Jesus is always, he's in the shadows in the Old Testament. He comes to light or manifested before us in the New Testament here. All right, so 46, and Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said unto him, come and see. Like, can anything good come out of, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Man, Nazareth had to be pretty bad for them to say, can anything good come out from Cleveland, come out of Cleveland? uh, uh, I'm out here in uh, Maryland, D.C. Can anything good come from out of D.C.? Can anything good come from Baltimore? Can anything good come from God chooses the least? He said, not many wise, not many stronger called, Because they got it together. They can do it. They got it figured out. Seemingly, they got it figured out. There's a way to seem if right. Right. But this is what God looks for. He looks for those that he can manifest in. He said, they said, the Bible says when we're weak, he's strong. Like when we, when we cap off, that's where God begins. And that's what we need. He wants a relationship. He wants to, you know, imagine if you had a kid and your kid, you know, like really, that your kid didn't really want anything to do with you. Like, man, you know, you spend with your homework? No, like nothing. Like, I don't need no help with my homework. You want me to? No. Want to go here? No. Like, you will feel some type of way, right? But if they need you, right? When you're a parent and your child needs you, it gives you just, just, just a great joy. All right. So verse 46, and Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come from the slums? Philip said unto him, Come and see. The Messiah came from the mud. <laughs> he came from the bottom. He came from the bottom. So there's no excuse. We all can do it. All right. Verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, a Israelite indeed in whom is no... Guile. I love this because this is what I imagine or aspire to hear. Like, like God, like, look, there you go. There's a man with great faith. In him, there's no deceit. I say we all got deceit. Like, I mean, me personally, I don't wish to do nobody harm. I don't want to take advantage of nobody, you know. And I'm working. But I'm just saying, imagine that. Jesus saw Nathaniel and said, There's a man who has no deceit in him. Like he's not like, I'm sure he has sin, but he it was personal struggles, you know, because we all have, you know, personal things like that. But he said, There's a man in in whom there's no deceit, though. Like he ain't trying, he's not trying to get over or 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 or, or get over on someone or take advantage of someone. Like he just probably just had a loving heart. That's verse 47. All right. So we got here verse 45. Nathaniel said unto him, whence knoweth thou me when well, how you how you know who I am jesus answered and said unto him behold i'm sorry before that uh before uh, that philip called thee when thou was under the fig tree i saw you i saw thee 49 nathaniel answered and said unto him rabbi thou art the son of god thou art the king of israel and i love this jesus answered and said unto him, why well, um, I'm going to read the scripture first, then paraphrase. Verse 50, Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under a fig tree, you be- it thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Now, verse 50, the part I like about it, Jesus answered and said, Because I said to you, he was under a fig tree. Right? So what when I, when I think about this is just just because, that's what I got now I wrote something down here. Just because I can tell you your address and what you ate yesterday isn't a good reason or mean you should believe in or submit to an individual. Um, I can, oh man, I can talk about that. But um, just because people operate prophetically is not a meaning to become subject or in awe. Right, Put no faith in man. Now we have to remember the gifts of God come without repentance. Like So you got gifts, you're going to have them. But you're going to have to give account for them. How do you utilize it? Right? You got, so you got so many psychics and people like that. They can tell you, oh, this is what you did. i seen this and whatever, uh, so forth and so on, right? But they're going to have to give an account for how to utilize uh, this ability God gave them. So you don't want to believe in anyone based on ability without discerning the spirit, right? But we still don't. We, the Bible says put no faith in man. Put your faith in God. But don't believe in anyone based on ability but through the but through discerning the spirit, right? You want to discern the spirit and the the heart of that individual. Uh, you want to judge the fruit, see what fruit they produce from the words they speaking. You know, because you could be mesmerized and hypnotized by somebody telling you what you're thinking. Because Jesus did perceive thoughts. Right when they was crossing to go over to, uh, I forgot where they were going, but they were crossing on a boat and they were thinking like oh jesus said don't uh beware the pharisees jesus and they think he think oh, excuse me they think they're they were thinking like he talking like what is he talking about bread like he heard their thoughts he perceived what they were saying he perceived what's in the heart of man right so there are individuals that have right those are gifts of the spirit right so somebody may be able to tell you oh i can tell you what you're thinking tell you what you ate yesterday um tell you about this person but that doesn't mean they're good or righteous or godly. They could be perverting their gift. They could be a false prophet. False prophets are out here. All right. So uh, the Bible talk about us being f- the very elect, being fooled outside for uh, outside of the grace of God, being uh, uh, um, uh, the grace of God. Outside of the grace of God, we all could be fooled. Right. Because the enemy we seen in, in, uh, in the days of Moses, him replicate some of the, uh, plagues and some of the miracles that was done at that time. All right. So personally, Oh, hold on. Where we at? Okay. All right. So I'm not saying that verse 50 was correlating to, you know, what I'm saying is directly, uh, correlating with verse 50. What I'm saying is when I read it, that's what I thought because I'm read it again. I'm going to move on. Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under a fig tree. You believe it thou. It's a question mark. Then he paused. See, Jesus don't beat you now. It's just love. You should see greater things. You you know what I mean? You see how he did it, though? Jesus do it real smooth. He'll cut you open and he, he and put you back together real smooth. Have you thinking, like, just because you, I said unto you, I saw you under a fig tree, you believe it. You believe thou. You should see greater things. You know what I mean? Like, he could have just said, man, you can't believe it, but, but, he, but he did it so smooth. All right? So, um, where we at here? All right, hold on. I got some responding to the praise. I don't know what that is. All right, verse 51. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see the heavens open and, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of God. All right, so that is the end of chapter one. It's been a pleasure. I um, a hope I've been a blessing. I hope. Uh, someone learned uh, learned something here, I opened somebody eyes or just uh, uh, to some you know uh, interpretation. My ultimate goal is really to show approach. I don't believe as a teacher, you should demand or uh, or place a heavy emphasis on thinking like you think, But I believe a true teacher open eyes to approach. Right, my thing is, I may not agree with what you're saying, but I like to know the approach. How you got there, right? You know. So I believe with more tools and ways to look and approach scripture, right? You can gain a greater revelation uh, and understanding. Of the word. All right. So. I appreciate everybody checking me out. On YouTube. Those checking me out on. uh, Anchor. All the streaming. Streaming platforms. If you'd like to get in contact with me. Today's fight. At gmail.com. T-O-D-A-Y-S. Fight. At gmail.com. Any questions. I'll try to answer them. I will be. Eventually start doing. A few other different type of Podcasts. Different type of podcasts. Um, apart from this, you know, uh, studying and breaking down, I would get more into uh, more personal things. All right. What else we got? All right. So if you like to support, break it down the word. Cash app. Today's fight. T-O-D-A-Y-S fight. PayPal me. Today's fight. What else I got here? PayPal me. Today's fight. I believe that's it. Episode two now. God bless all. Let me pray. All right, so Father God, we bless. I pray your word be a blessing to the hear. Go down and find good ground, manifest in a thousandfold harvest. I pray that understanding sprout in abundance, revelation and knowledge. Eyes be open. Um, I loosen and pray for, I loose healing to all those under the sound of my voice, where the ideas, where the inventions approach, discernment, uh, discernment of the word, I pray that your will be done in their life for you to work in us the will to do of your good pleasures, that their desires and in their heart and their minds focus before you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, peace. Appreciate you. in someone